The Action Network Podcast, named Best Betting Podcast or Radio Show by the Fantasy Sports and Gaming Association, and the number one show for the invested sports fan. All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. This is the New Year's Six and college football semifinals wrap-up and mini college football championship look-ahead. I'm stuck in with me, as always, is Colin Wilson. Apparently doesn't support the troops. <laughs> What's going on, Colin? Great way to start the podcast there. I was just trying to escape Saturday after the Auburn Northwestern first half under barely came in. I had to see a flurry of Oregon turnovers all on special teams. And then we will never speak of what happened with the cover of North Carolina against Texas A&M. It's just that Phil Longo call to go for it. Probably the right call, but uh, the results were the worst thing possible for all Tar Heel betters. I got bad news for you. You say we'll never talk about it, but we have voicemails to listen to later. And I'm sure it's going to be a topic of conversation there. Yeah, that was a brutal beat. I have my best bowl year ever. Just some well-capped games, some fortunate breaks. Shit just went my way. I'm just on one of those runs. When you get on one of those runs, you just enjoy it. You're always afraid when it's going to end and then it's going to turn bad. But yeah, it's been great. Uh, well, let's recap some of the games from this weekend. Uh, ball State, baby. Probably, I, I mean, I got to get, like, apparel. I got to get gear, I think. Now, San Jose State had a bunch of guys out. I mean, these are the things that happened. Uh, and the things that kind of went right for me. Ball State rolled San Jose State. San Jose State had a bunch of players out. Ball State wins 34-13. If you listen to the podcast, you had Oklahoma with us, and you got them early, and you beat the close by a billion points and won by a billion points. Uh, Dan Mullen, uh, after that game, saying, like, they played their last game two weeks ago. Leach gets a win in the bowls for us. And the story of the game was the brawl afterwards. Any thoughts on uh, the team in your backyard and Tulsa and Mississippi State, that brawl after? Well, yeah, I don't know which brawl. Is. I mean, Leach, first off, I, this guy. Don't do it. What's your message to the team? Uh, don't do it anymore. <laughs> Mississippi State is required to have a fight at least once a year. It should be interesting to see after, now that he has one year of SEC under his belt. Uh, the recruiting class that comes in, whether he's going to go, you know, hardcore air raid if he does anything on defense. Pretty fascinating stuff from that. But the the Tulsa fight is just, I don't know, it, it, I don't, it's just so uncharacteristic of 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 the Tulsa team in general and Philip Montgomery. So uh, it'd be interesting to see if there's any ramifications as far as sit outs go from that game. Uh, Ball State, San Jose State. I mean, San Jose State. We. I know they had sit-outs and everything, but you had called them, I think, a fraud for some of the numbers, and I agreed with you, especially in the finishing drives department with the schedule that they played. They had zero explosive drives during the game, uh, no runs that went over 20 yards. Uh, they were absolutely just obliterated by a Ball State team that 
listen, I like the number. I power rated a lot lower, but the offensive line scared the hell out of me. Uh, they really came through in that game. So uh, good calls there. Yeah, I mean, Army came through for me too. Service academies, almost blind bets and bowls. But you didn't have a bad read there. Army couldn't do much on the ground at all. Right. West Virginia's defensive line dominated that game. Jared Diggy had an awful game, and then he coughed up that ball at the end of the first half, gave Army a touchdown. That was basically the difference in the in the cover. Yeah, so, I mean, if you, if you look at the box score, the whole handicap that I went through was how many times is Army going to be stuffed at the line of scrimmage when they run the triple option? Out of 59 rushing plays, they were stuffed 20 times for 33%, which is above national average for being stuffed. So at least the handicap that I made that West Virginia is going to be able to plug the A, B, and C gap was correct. But no, I mean, you know, props to Army for covering the spread. A little bit too much air for West Virginia. Georgia Cincinnati, one of the games of the bowl, of bowl season. And I, I didn't realize that Rodrigo Blankenship stayed in Athens and uh, hit a 53 yarder to beat Cincy. I think, I think that Cincy's defense re- just showed up, played really hard. They didn't have Gardner and all, like basically one of the best corners in the country. Wiggins was out. Uh, I thought it was a really well-played game, and I don't think JT Daniels is is the answer for Georgia, but uh, he did throw for 400 yards. Thoughts on Cincy, Georgia? He did throw for 400 yards with a turtleneck. I'm not sure what the turtleneck look was, but, uh, the you know, passing down success rate, Georgia was 25%. They averaged only four yards per attempt in passing downs. Uh, that's not the JT Daniels I expected to see. They're just going to have to be better in money downs. Third down situations, red zone situations. This is the reason that there's a rotating door of offensive coordinators at the Georgia program. And that showed up in passing down situations with these guys. So I look forward to see what, you know, uh, they're going to be able to do in the offseason. Cincinnati, 14 points in the middle eight. They really took advantage of that there. But it set up a nice live opportunity that eventually paid off with Georgia. Uh, you know, really going to be looking. I'm not worried about the Georgia defense. It's this offense. The offense, if they ever want to win the SEC and now, you know, beat Florida, which they didn't do this year, and they want to beat Alabama and Kirby wants to take it to the next level, he's going to have to have an LSU 2019 Joe Brady type of hire and just release all, you know, all handle of the offense to somebody that's willing to put up you know, the, the type of spread that is needed in the SEC to win these days. And Georgia just doesn't have it. Maybe maybe they have the right quarterback in JT Daniels, but he was not good in passing down situations whatsoever. Yeah, speak. I mean, man, the last – we'll get to Dabo, don't you worry. But the, the last, like, five or six bowl games that were played, man, I mean, it was either front doors, back doors. Uh, yeah. Kentucky, again, this line closed at th- minus three and a half, but I, I almost never lay – under three in a bowl. Luckily, I took money line uh, on Kentucky, who wins. I mean, NC State couldn't really do anything all game. Awful, awful officiated game. Uh, NC State will be had a bunch of guys sit out. They're some of their most important defensive players. They had some offensive line injuries. The team is pretty interesting for next year when Leary comes back at quarterback. Bailey Hockman is not the answer. But with Devin Leary presumably healthy in QB1 next year, NC State brings back a lot. Um, they're an interesting team, but Kentucky gets its third straight bowl victory. The important thing from that from that game was that we said that Kentucky was the best at limiting explosiveness, and that's really what got them in uh, us on Kentucky a lot of games this year. If you look at North Carolina State, they just had one run that went over 12 yards. They only had four passes that went over 20. So, you know, not much explosiveness whatsoever on the team. And, you know, that – 
we'll see what Kentucky brings back on defense. We'll see who they're going to line up at quarterback next year. Uh, but I really think for what Kentucky has lost in talent wise, especially on the defensive side over the last two years, this is a great coaching job. It's a great coaching job on the defensive side of the ball. Yep. By the way, all a lot of these teams that had motivation questions, like with made major sit outs, most of them didn't cover. Uh, we'll get to some of the other games on Saturday in your voicemails. I don't blame any of you for being angry at Oregon and UNC, especially it's like the last two bowl games, two of the final three games of the year. And those were not fun uh, if you had either side. But let's talk college football semifinal. Started out with Alabama 31-14 over Notre Dame. Notre Dame gets in the back door. Maybe that made some of you happy. Maybe that made some of you pissed. And I'm going to tell you what. If I had a barometer up your ass to say whether you were giving effort or not, it was about 50%. Why did you push yourself? Uh, but Notre Dame does end up covering. I'm... By the way, we we wanted Alabama, Ohio State, something a little new. Didn't want Alabama, Clemson again. We got it. We'll get to Ohio State, but I'm I'm just I don't know who I would have put in. Maybe Cincy. Like this is the year. Just put Cincy and see, because I think anyone was getting crushed in that spot. But I am just tired of seeing Notre Dame get crushed in this spot. Uh, Bama wins. Uh, Devontae Smith, the Slim Reaper. He's unguardable. I don't know. I literally I tweeted this out during the game. I don't know what I would do to try to defend this Alabama offense. Like, like their offensive line is so good. They have a power running, rushing attack. You can't guard their receivers. Uh, you can't just, you can't play man on the outside. And if you try and play coverage, they're just going to, they're going to average 10 yards of rush. I, I have no idea how you would cover this offense. It's unbelievable. Game goes under, fortunately for me, Bama dominates and, didn't really need to do much in the second half as we kind of thought. What were your, what were your takeaways from Alabama and Notre Dame? Well, I'm glad the under came through. I mean, I, I spent a, it was one of the biggest write-ups as far as length was concerned, as far as Notre Dame, Alabama. And I'm glad that the under came to fruition. And the, I, like I said on the podcast, the, the, whoever was going to cover that game was going to come down to a last minute drive. And I don't know what Brian Kelly was doing, you know, trying to cut it even closer. Like, why are you running up tempo with 30 seconds left when you've already got the cover? Did you, was somebody not inform you what the point spread was? You've got it, dude. Chill out. Take a knee, right? Uh, so things might be different the next time Saban sees Brian Kelly. From a box score perspective, I mean, I can sit here and rail on Notre Dame all day. No explosive drives, pretty pedestrian in a lot of areas, of course. Why did you push yourself? But the thing that really I wanted to concentrate on was that Alabama had a 71% success rate in standard downs. Now, when I say that, you're thinking, oh, that sounds high. The national average for success rate in standard downs is 47%. Alabama, first and 10, second and seven, they averaged 9.37 yards per play. That's virtually a first down every single time they did anything on first or second down uh, within range or third and four. I don't, what do you do with a team that goes 71% success rate in standard downs. I mean, are you supposed to defend the rush? Are you supposed to defend the pass? Uh, success rate in passing plays, 67%. That's almost 30% more than the national average of 40% success rate. Mac Jones did not need to throw deep. And, and that was the whole game plan. We knew that was going to be the game plan. They weren't going to throw deep. They were going to grind it out. They were going to get a lead. They were going to sit on it. Uh, Mac Jones had one pass over 20 yards. Can you believe that? This Alabama offense... And I think it was by design, like you and I said on the last spot. I think this was completely by design. And what Alabama has done has created this 
narrative, I don't know if it's going to exist. I mean, a lot of us know that Alabama is the best team in the nation, but they did everything possible to give Ohio State a better point spread. I mean, they did everything possible to try and lower their own money line by not taking shots deep, by not looking uh, – just populating the highlight reel with Devonta Smith and John Mechie. I mean, th- those plays were there. Uh, they just didn't take advantage of them whatsoever. The team was not stuffed. Najee Harris, not stuffed at all. They had five stuffed runs out of 24. I don't know how to defend this Alabama. I don't know how to make a case for Ohio State. As we sit here right now, I'm going to embark on like the longest national championship preview tomorrow and Tuesday. And I have no clue how to write what Ohio State's going to do, especially when I see Sean Wade getting juked out by Trevor Lawrence's eyes. It was a Sean Wade, first team All American, absolute joke. <laughs> Can't put an AP off. <clears throat> Should have been a mod gardener. Here's how Ohio State has to beat Alabama and how they have to defend Alabama. It has nothing to do with their defense. They have to find a way to basically score every possession. And then they have to steal a touchdown at the end of the first half and then get the ball to start the second half and then force a turnover somewhere and score 45 points and win like 45-42. Remember the Ole Miss game plan for everybody that's been listening all season is that Alabama available yards is a calculation of where does your starting field position and how many of the yards did you achieve? And so a national average in available yards is 44%. So you're supposed to get about half the yards is required to get to a touchdown. Alabama was 90% against Ole Miss. And what we're saying here is against Ole Miss, a team that really like kind of took them to the brink, uh, Alabama had to get every single yard. I mean, every single yard. I'm not talking like every single touch. I'm not every single yard they had to get to win that game. And so if you look at what Alabama did against Notre Dame, 63% of available yards, still 20% above national average. If you want to pivot over to Ohio State, Clemson, Ohio State notched up more available yards than Alabama did in their game. Ohio State, 64% of available yards against Clemson. That's uh, that's Alabama-esque. Justin Fields, by the way, was um, throwing dimes. Uh, he's going to have to do that. Like They're going to have to put up 45, 50. Uh, I, I have to go. We're going to have, by the way, in-depth national title preview later in the week. Record on Thursday. It'll be out Friday morning uh, as usual. And we will go through – the side, the total, props we're targeting, everything, you name it, we'll go through it. But I can tell you that my initial num- my initial total on the game is 78. I have to go and check it. I'm like, did I make a national title total 78? Yeah, I did. Uh, <laughs> so, but that's the, like, Ohio State needs this game in the 80s. Fields is going to have to play the game of his life, and they're going to have to score. They can't settle for a- any field goals. They should leave the field goal kicker at home. And uh, leave the punter at home. You punt a couple times, it's over. You kick field goals a couple times, it's over. The Alabama offense is that good. Uh, but the Ohio State offense was, like as as you alluded to, extremely good on Saturday. The 11th, it was the first time in college football history, the 11th ranked team in the country won a college football semifinal per Dabo Sweeney's final ratings. It was beautiful to watch Clemson go down. They got routed. Oh, that was just one of those games where we didn't have a lot of sample size on Ohio State, but there's no way I could get that number to seven and a half, and which is basically why I took Ohio State seven and a half and money line. They put up 49. They went 49-28 over Clemson. Fields, 22 of 28, 385, six touchdowns. Have a day. Sermon, Sermon ran for 200. Like, Ohio State did everything right that game. Sermon's a man possessed. He is a man because I don't know what happened before the Northwestern game. Uh, he is a completely different back. Uh, and 
our producer, Matt Mitchell, could throw in a soundbite of me saying that these Ohio State running backs are the reason they're not going to win the national title. Do you have any idea how disrespectful that is? Because they were completely different people. Master Teague and Trey Sermon were not the same uh, back in, you know, what, October or whatever it was. So, uh, listen, the main handicap in this game with Clemson was that Clemson was 94th in the nation in standard downs explosiveness on defense. They were giving up the big play early. That reared its ugly head here in this game. Ohio State in standard downs was 59% success rate. That's well above national average. They averaged 8.9 yards per play on standard downs. Like I said, Alabama-esque. They were getting nine yards every time they lined up on first and ten. There's just 645 total yards, nine yards per play, final number. And and if you want to know if they if you want to know about Ohio State looking forward to revenge for an entire year and pasting that 29-23 score and being pissed off and hating Dabo and hating Clemson for a whole year, they came out and averaged 13.8 yards per play in the first quarter. Their highest success rate was in the first quarter. They were amped for this game. They were totally jacked and ready for this. Uh, Ohio State putting up, like I said, uh, 64% of available yard numbers. 62% of their drives had two-plus first downs. Uh, They won in the middle eight, of course. Uh, This was a domination by Ohio State. 30% of their drives were explosive drives, and explosive drive is considered when you average more than 10 yards per play. Uh, 13 possessions, they obviously had seven possessions where they averaged more than 10 yards per play. Uh, you look at the explosiveness. They had nine runs over 12 yards. They had seven passes over 15 yards. Uh, this was a complete domination of the Clemson defense, uh, and they did enough uh, to hold the ETN, uh, hold the the Trevor Lawrence and the ETN back. Um, you know, and, and they did get their shots in, but it just was too little, too late. Um, so you know, props to Ohio State. They did everything that you and I thought they would do, and a lot more. But that those issues in the secondary, they still exist. They, they didn't go away. I mean, Trevor Lawrence had 11 passes over 15 plus yards. So, I mean, that you want a big glaring signal out of the Ohio State box score for me. There's still 11 passes over 15 plus yards uh, when it came to Trevor Lawrence. And if you look at it, they went Clemson went 40 percent in passing downs and money downs and they averaged seven yards per play. Uh, that's well above national average. So Clemson was able still able to move the ball very well at a high pace, higher than national average against Ohio State in passing down. So that's a, a definitely a, a blaring red light when it comes into this national championship game. I can't believe it. I'm thinking about playing the over over 75 or whatever. Are you? Right I, I say I, my numbers, I, everybody should know, like when I put out a total number, it's not, it's different than what Vegas does. And I think it's worth explaining again. Like Vegas has a set number, whether they take a team's, uh, points that they've scored versus points scored against, and they do a pathag to come out with it, and that's how they kind of move. They adjust their numbers up and down for totals. I come at it from a completely different angle. It's like a, a net yards per play, a net finishing drives. Uh, uh, pace. Pace, yeah, tempo is in there too. And then it just spits out this number, and that's why you know you see these numbers that are like, oh, my God, Collins totals like 15 points off. Well, it could be because we have two teams that are terrible – at finishing drives or we have two teams that are absolutely excellent at keeping teams from uh you know from kicking field goals versus touchdowns so that's why my numbers vary on totals and i mean i'll review in the off season i kind of like doing it because it really leads me into why a team is way off or way on but i've got it 71 and a half 
So, you know, for me, I know I don't see how you take it under in this game. I really don't, especially looking at what Clemson's did to them in passing downs. I don't know how you take it under in this game, but uh, that's definitely. But you're below the total, so it's going to be hard for you to take it over. I know. And and for me, I'm going to have to spend two days investigating how this under actually happens. I have no clue right now. Off the top of my head, I have no clue, especially looking at what Ohio State was giving up to Trevor Lawrence in the passing yeah, game. I don't think Ohio State is slowing down in Alabama. What, I, what I'm going to look into before I pull the trigger, and we'll talk about it later in the week, is can Ohio State keep up? That is, yep. I think that'll determine whether this game goes over or under. An Ole Miss game. Is this the Ole Miss? Yeah. That's the, yeah. the Ole Miss game where they finish. They have to then finish. But Ole Miss was there. But the other thing that happened, and you're the one who brought this up, I have to give you credit, because I think it was a major, major issue. And I didn't, I bet Ohio State live a bunch. Not enough, but Clemson touchdown, start the game, touchdown, Ohio State answer, touchdown, Clemson touchdown, Ohio State answer, touchdown, Ohio State kept scoring, Clemson stopped, the scripted portion of the game was over, no Tony Elliott, Clemson scored 14 in the first quarter, 14 the rest of the entire game, so I think that had a big impact on it, great call by you as well. All right, let it out, this is your rant of the week. Listen, I'm not going to call any names out because, well, frankly, I'm just a peasant. But uh, listen, you people that are on TV that want to come on TV and say shit like they'll be fine without Tony Elliott because Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne have been in this system so long. They know exactly what the plays are. Tony Elliott is due to make $1.7 million in 2021. You can't downsize somebody. I don't care what industry we're in. I don't care if it's sports, if it's being a doctor. I don't care what the hell you are. If I have to hear somebody downsize a job where the income is $1.7 million, I'm going to throw up. Probably the worst analysis and narrative I've ever heard is that they will be just fine without their offensive coordinator. Watch the game and tell me on drive three, four, and five of Clemson, how missing a, per, a, a person on the coaching staff that makes $1.7 million who has been there and, and, and been the only person to do the job for five years, tell me if it mattered. That was the worst analysis. And sometimes I turn my TV and just garbage flows out of it. And they'll be fine without the offensive coordinator. They've been in the system long enough. Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne can't see the field like offensive coordinators do. They're not an analyst up in the booth. They're not the one controlling the headset on the side. These are, these are still kids. These are still college kids. And you think that after the third series, not even like going into halftime, you think by the third series they're going to be able to make adjustments on their own? It's just the most ridiculous narrative and analysis I ever heard in my life. So, yeah, that missing your offensive coordinator was a huge deal. Uh, this game would have sailed over way more points than what it actually was if Tony Elliott was around. He would have made the proper adjustments. Uh, the middle eight in this game belonged to Ohio State. They won the middle eight seven to zero. I think that would have been a little bit closer if, if you know, their offensive coordinator would have been around. But uh, and then you look at the other side of the ball, the 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 sign stealing. Listen, <laughs> yeah, another great point by you. Uh, Ryan Day has been dealing with this shit since BC. I mean, he's been watching Venables steal plays forever, and so you see the sugar huddle, you see the up tempo. Um, I am not surprised what they were able to do against the Clemson defense because of that game plan. And guess what? And I, we got to be ready for this next year in ACC play. Everybody else is going sugar huddle up tempo, mixing in te- up tempo and, and, and slow tempo to screw with Venable's head. I mean, the book is out, right? And we said this on last week's podcast, somehow Syracuse and Virginia tech had their way with Clemson and standard downs. 
Syracuse. Syracuse had their way with in standard downs. It's because the book on Venables is out. That's exactly what the reflection of the number is. So, you know, look for it next year in ACC play. When Clemson starts up their schedule, let's find out teams that are familiar with Venables and his BS of stealing plays and having all, all the players stare at him and then turn around. And then once Skowski was out, that was it. I mean, Skowski is like an extension of Venables on the field. So, that I mean, that was really the – the I mean, I know Justin Fields was hurt and it looked like he needed to be carted off the field, but Skowski's loss just as big in my opinion. Dabo! It's all great points by you. And you mentioned something else. So we're going to move on to voicemails in a second. Something else that we're going to have to look into, I don't know if you have early thoughts on it, but is Fields 100%? They're just going to shoot him up and he's going to be fine? Is that a concern? Any thoughts there? I'm not saying that he got the Toradol shot that Tony Romo got. I uh, made a comment on Twitter about the Toradol a few years ago. If you're not an NFL fan or if you don't remember, Tony Romo had this Toradol shot on a Sunday game, and then they had to turn around and play a Thanksgiving game, and he was completely not available to play because you can't take that shot twice, like within a four-day span or something like that. I don't know if stuck if you remember that year, but I know it was the Tony Romo effect where – he just all of a sudden took this massive hit on a Sunday and then came out. He's just fine. Won the game. Like he was perfect in condition. Then sat out on the Thanksgiving day day game because he couldn't take that shot again within a, a specified number of days. I'm not saying Justin Fields took that shot, but man, did he look great after limping off the field, looking like he needed to be taken out in an ambulance. He came out and looked magnificent, a man possessed. So if he did have any kind of tortle like type, uh, injection or something to help him get through the pain for the rest of that game. I think it's a huge benefit that it's a 10 day window in between these yeah. games. So uh, I will say that he'll be fine for the national championship game because there's such a, a 10 day window. If there's a seven day window, I'd actually really question this and look more into it, but I think he'll be fine. Yep. We'll dig and get to that later in the week. Uh, also a reminder, we'll have our NFL betting preview with myself and Chris Raybon that on Wednesday. That'll be up Thursday. Talking NFL playoffs, baby. Can't wait. Also, it could be a wild week, judging by all this COVID news. And where the Saints get his commander? Like, when, when are they going to put the Saints on Saturday or Sunday if they don't have a bye? Anyway, we'll get to that later in the week. Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. Let's get to your voicemails. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. You have reached the voicemail box of the Action Network Podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Leave a message after the bleep. Thought you weren't going to get a call, but you bet your ass you did. The number one Buckeye stunner in the 20th row on the 15th, watching Dabo's ass get whacked. Let me tell you guys something. How great is it when your lucky 11 puts that fake ass Christian straight to hell when he thought he was going to heaven? See what I did there? I'll see you motherfuckers in Miami! What's up, guys? This is Tyler from Corpus Christi. Usually when I make a phone call, it's in the middle of the night and I'm f***ing hammered drunk. But today, I'm at work, snuck off to the side, 
And I just want to let you know, Colin, don't you ever doubt Brocktober, especially in January, especially in January, the best quarterback in college football history. He's made me so much money. Suggy, I love you. I will buy you a beer one day. I love Brock Purdy. I love it. Yeah, I had some Iowa State money line. I was tweeting throughout the game that, oh, my God, especially if you had Oregon and the over. Woo! But uh, Oregon played well. It was you yeah. know, people at Oregon had such a such a raw deal. I mean, Oregon averaged seven yards per play. Iowa State averaged four and a half. There was three fumbles that Oregon had. And I'm not even – I mean, Oregon had four turnovers, and Iowa State had zero. And I'm not even counting that, like, onside squib kick when you were about to hit Oregon live and you're like, here we go, middle yeah. eight, and then Iowa State falls on a random kick. Uh, so I, I don't think – Look, I love you too, Tyler from Corpus Christi. And I look forward to that beer, but I, I don't think Oregon was a bad play here. They I, they, they just ran very, very bad all game. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not – I never come on the podcast and say, you know, and get too upset about it because you can't handicap turnovers. But when there's three offensive turnovers and then you have another turnover where a dude that wasn't fielding the punt let the ball bounce off his head next to the punter, so many massive screw-ups from ball protection and uh, special teams. Uh, Oregon took themselves out of the game. The fact that the score was only 17 points apart, that there was an outside chance of Oregon covering with so many turnovers. Uh, I mean, they still were 19 of 28 passing, 8.1 yards per attempt for, uh, from each pass. They, their offense looks good. Their defense is going to get better. They'll be back next year. Got to stop the turnovers. The turnovers is what made the difference in the cover. I'm at a loss for words. I'm a beaten man. I leave the bar. North Carolina is up. I get home 34-27. I'm like, okay, plus 10. Still got it. Yes, I'm a sicko. I bet plus 10. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Turn my head. Next thing you know, it ends at the goal line. And this scumbag Jimbo punches it in. I can't even cover the plus 14 live. How did this happen? Are you kidding me mag brown you decide to punt it from your own 30 and when you're down by seven fucking jesus all you have to do is punt the ball and you cover no you decide i'm not gonna punt i'm gonna run this halfback dive and this up and then not only worse than that you let them score so you lose by 14 unbelievable man you wanted to lose that game you wanted to blow that cover you, Mag Brown, Urban Meyer, Brian Kelly, Matt Brown. F- you. Are you f- kidding me? Jimbo Fisher ran away faster from the Gatorade bath than any f- defender for either team to tackle the ball carriers night. Wrap your car around a f- tree if you had the over. Yeah, that game was f- bullshit. Uh, yeah, just vicious. I had, I had ended up money line tied in some parlays, and I was worried that they weren't going to win. And <laughs> UNC doesn't even cover. Plus 10. I thought Sam Howell played extremely well, given everyone that was out. Uh, and I'm sorry if you had UNC. Let, let me uh, get this straight. Listen, I understand being down seven and you've got a fourth and short and it's at the end of the game. Mac Brown walks over to Phil Longo. There's a very good camera shot of it. And he tells him, you're going for it. Phil Longo looks, I think he's already got the play in his head and he looks at his sheet, whatever. He sends the play in. And this is the point where I'm sitting in front of my TV and I'm thinking to myself, this son of a bitch better not run the ball. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, North Carolina, I'm looking at it right now, 30 rushing attempts, 16 of them were stuffed. 
And we knew that they had lost their two best options at running back. You better be passing this ball. You better be passing this ball. What happens? Run stuff. Game over. And listen, I don't blame Jimbo for scoring. I mean, you're only up by seven, right? I mean, yeah, they, they had three timeouts. Like, yeah, I, was, I was watching it. And I was like, shit, man, they're going to have to run a play and score. Yeah, I, I don't blame Jimbo for scoring. I mean, this is not a case of Jimbo running it up because he wanted to run it up. He only had a one possession lead and the other team had three timeouts. This, the whole entire handy, the, the entire game and the cover came down to Phil Longo calling a running play without his two-star running backs in a game in which he had been stuffed over 50% at the line of scrimmage on rushing plays. That is a terrible play call, Phil Longo. You're the, it's all on Phil Longo. Don't, don't blame Mac. You know, I always think I'm going to win on college football, and then UNC? Really? 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 How? How? Really? Oh my goodness! Uh, that's one of like the top voicemails of the year. Really, we've all been there, just defeated and repeating "really" and "how" with five-second pauses over and over again for hours. I'm sorry, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I had the North Carolina uh, cover. I felt like the entire game. So that uh, I was in a really in house state of mind uh, right after that too. I thought North Carolina was going to win. Yeah, That's brutal. Yeah. You know, I don't know why the fuck Oregon is still allowed to play football when they don't even have a fuck quarterback. Mario Cristobal is the most dumb fucking guy to ever step foot on a fucking football sideline. You got a guy that can't fucking handle the ball. You got a guy that don't fucking know how to throw the ball. He has to fucking baby the starting quarterback and tell the media that he needs to give him confidence. I'm not a fucking genius or anything, but that tells me you probably shouldn't fucking play him. I don't get it, man. You know, when you start your day with watching Creighton score Two fucking points in five minutes to end the game. Up fucking 12 and not cover minus four. You think, all right, you know, things can't get much worse from here. So then you're watching fucking Oregon and you're watching the show they put on. And you got to think, you know, power five team. Maybe Mario fucking Cristobal is going to figure out how to tell his quarterback how to play. So you take plus ten and a half live and you give up six points to Iowa State in the second half. And you think you're going to score a fucking touchdown to cover, and they get blanked. Anything you know, they really can't get much worse from here. So you fucking take UNC 10 and a half pregame, and then you're up a fucking touchdown, and then you're fucking tied with three minutes left, and Kellen fucking on, and Jimbo fucking fuckface fucking Fisher want to march down the fucking field and score two fucking touchdowns in four minutes, and Sam Howe can't figure out to throw a fucking football. I like Sam Howell. I like UNC. I like Mac Brown. But tonight, f- them all. F- sports. F- college football. F- that shit. All right. Uh, that is your voicemails for this weekend. And uh, you guys went hard. Not a single complaint about the semifinals, about the college football playoff semifinals in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, those went pretty well. Uh, hopefully, we can get we can end on a high note and keep this going. And uh, cap the national championship just as well as uh, we did for the semifinals. And uh, that's what we will do. We will get to work one game.
it's it's kind of nice. It's just all right. This is the game I got to focus on, and then we'll be on to college basketball. Those podcasts will start on the fifteenth. NFL season is upon us, and our friends at BetMGM Sports are offering Action Network podcast listeners a great sign-up offer. Just make your first deposit using the bonus code ACTIONPOD and receive a 100% deposit match up to $500. They've got parlay bonus payouts, live betting markets, daily odds boosts, all sorts of great stuff. So download the BetMGM app today or visit BetMGM.com to sign up and use the code ACTIONPOD to double your bankroll with a 100% deposit match up to $500. As a reminder, you must be 21 or older and physically located in the great states of Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, or West Virginia. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey and West Virginia, or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promo offer not available in Nevada. And now, back to the show. We do have one final order of business today, and that is part two of our best of voicemails. Uh, it's the best attacks. Uh, so it's personal attacks on myself and Colin. Even you pieces of shit can get prizes. If you hear your voice, if you made it to the best of personal attacks, email podcasts with an S at actionnetwork.com or just bother me on Twitter and I'll direct you to our producer uh, so you can claim your prize. Uh, so here we go. Best of personal attacks. First thing I see is Colin saying, minor nation, you go ahead and eat that large bag of shit like you always do, Colin, and uh, go minor nation. Stucky, there's a coin laundry in Murfreesboro called Duds and Suds. Duds like your Middle Tennessee bets, suds to wash the stain of defeat off of you. They've got like a little arcade in there. If you've got any quarters left over from your Middle Tennessee live bets, maybe you want a stuffed animal for your wife. Sucky, you You convinced me to do it again. I bet Middle Tennessee State. Stucky, what the f*** was that Middle Tennessee State call, man? Thanks for the round robin, Colin, you trash motherfucker. Stucky, you are impressive with your terrible teams that you bet on. You couldn't get off the Akron wagon this year, get all over Middle Tennessee State till you have to go to Murfreesboro, and then this week you bet on Kansas? Kansas? I'm a Kansas alum, and I wouldn't bet on this terrible team. What are you doing? I got a lot of losers on my card today. I don't blame anybody but myself, but I blame Colin. Colin, I bet you're sitting there smirking somewhere with some dumbass look. You know you didn't give one good analytical reason to back Georgia. F*** you. F*** this game. Yo, how long are we going to let Colin Wilson trash Tennessee on some bullshit rationale? Go f*** yourself, Colin. Hey, Colin, I only have one thing for you, man. Why don't you take that Notre Dame Louisville preview wrote and shove it up your f***ing ass. Get the score 15 points to be able to cover 15. Wake the f*** up, man. God. We got Mercer plus 30 and a half. And Stucky wrote up a 5,000-word ramble how they were going to cover. And Ole Miss plus three and a half. We're fading Bo Nix. And then once I tune into the f***ing podcast on Monday morning, all I'm going to f***ing hear is Stucky go, I was right, Indiana. I graduated from Penn State. F*** you, Stucky. Stucky, you goddamn piece of shit. Why the f*** are you betting on Middle Tennessee State games? Let the rest of us have something 
looking good for once, you piece of shit. I just came up with a great Halloween costume for this year. I'm going to go as Colin Wilson, throw on a clown mask, and continue to bet college football unders. I put it on the first half under. Minnesota, Michigan. Colin, I'm out here buying shots, doing all this. I'm doing all that, Colin. Tanner Morgan, coughing up fumbles. You didn't put that in the podcast, Colin. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Stocky, you mother I played your god Hawaii bet. Well, Wyoming's whooping their mother Oh, my God. Row, row, row the boat. All PJ flex. Ducky, you and Arkansas State. It's the Bo Nicks ambassador. Colin, I figured it out. The stat that you're missing is P-D-E, and that's Big Dick Energy. Anytime from now on that it comes across my phone and I get a notification that says, Colin Wilson, just bet this under, I am automatically booking the over. And if there's multiple unders, I'm reverse parlaying those picks. <clears throat> you f- did it again. Uh, what the f- do you guys see when you do these numbers? You know, figure Colin with his f- big-ass glasses would see a little f- better, but oh, f- peace to you. Goodbye. Colin Wilson cannot tell a horse from a god mule. That guy sucks. Virginia Tech? Tennessee? What do you have with Tennessee? Another loser. So we're sitting on the podcast listening to Kyle talk about how it's Oregon overs. It's got to be overs all the time. Oregon overs. So what do I do when I pull up the action app this week? There it is. Colin Wilson writing an article under 64 and a half. Colin, you f- fraud. Oh, come and sing Ohio's praise. And let Colin Wilton suck our d- Suck, please get a fucking haircut. Colin, Mizzou football fan here. Just wanted to tell you to fuck off. How'd you like that 14-point comeback in the fourth quarter, huh, you piece of shit? I don't care if you have Arkansas plus three. Woo pig suey, woo pig suck my f- Colin. Suck the f- yak. And you know what? You can use your hair product... As Luke. All right, that'll do it for us. It's time for us to go get to work on the national championship. Again, national championship betting preview out Friday morning. Can't wait. Thanks for joining me. As always, Colin, thanks for listening. Subscribe, unsubscribe, subscribe, tell a friend, leave a review. You know the drill. We will catch you on Friday. Until then, cheers. Peace out. We're finished talking.